Sneaker Love, a podcast paying tribute to our mutual love of sneakers. The game may be flawed, but the love and culture will always be pure. And now, your host with Sneaker Love, Matty Ice. That's right, everyone. Welcome back to Sneaker Love with Matty Ice. I'm your host, Matty Ice, as always. Uh, and this is a Matty Ice Media Network production. So another Wednesday and another installment of some sneaker heat if you will we've kind of been building a little bit of a narrative the last few weeks and before we get to our latest entry into that narrative connect with me on instagram it's maddie sneakers i like to post sneaker pictures there of course and talk with people about about sneakers at any time uh and also maddieicemedia.com for all the other podcasts that we support like the manual and political football and you can also find me personally on twitter at maddieicemedia as the handle and i like to yuck it up on many different topics there so definitely find me in any one of those places i'd love to hear from you as always. So what have we been doing the last few weeks? Well, we've been putting together a little bit of a puzzle, right? I started out with my entry into the sneaker world, and then I got into some other names of people that you probably recognize as they've had their hand in the sneaker game. And that is people like Travis Scott, who I said was probably responsible for today's hype that we see today. I talked about Tinker Hatfield because Tinker Hatfield has been the architect of many of the greatest silhouettes of shoes that we salivate over today. I also got into Virgil Abloh because the off-white vision and the off-white uh, branding on the Nike line has lent itself to some great artistic features and obviously has lent itself to an artistic vision and the spreading of an artistic vision that I think is a goal different than what a lot of collaborators are looking to achieve. I then moved on to a connection point there with Kanye West, who was kind of trying to do the same thing with Adidas in just a little bit of a different way. And ever since that episode came out, there have been weirder and weirder Yeezys that have been coming out or uh, dropping that is so so to speak soon and they look like something that I would wear if I was traveling to Mars so maybe Kanye West knows something that I don't and when I was trying to think about another piece of the puzzle that maybe was important to sort of fit into the narrative of where sneakers are today I racked my brain for people and I really didn't come up with a singular person because I think this particular movement is uh, somewhat attributed to a person as it relates to a certain part of the branding but it really is about a shoe and about a, a history of a shoe that has had such an interesting history compared to others and that's the nike dunk uh, it's one of my favorite shoes the nike sb dunk low is one of my favorite silhouettes if not my favorite silhouette of all time mainly because it is so versatile but when the Nike Dunk came out in 1985 or released in 1985, it was interesting because it came out a year after the very first Air Jordan 1, which as we all know, is probably the most iconic sneaker of all time. And it's interesting because it took four different shoes that Nike had used over the course of time and tried to meld those into basically what was sort of like a uh, a, an overall basketball shoe that could appeal to a larger audience that wasn't the Air Jordan brand. And the four silhouettes that it combined were, of course, the Air Force One, which was a huge shoe prior to both the Air Jordan and Nike Dunk. It's a classic shoe, high, mid, right, low top. Like you, you get kind of run the gamut. Like everybody says that you have to have a crisp all white pair. I will not accept an all black pair. An all white pair of Air Force Ones in your closet. I have to make a confession. I don't. Air Force Ones and I have a very love-hate relationship. For some reason, my chunky calves just can't handle them. So it takes the Air Force One, it takes the Terminator, which is one that probably people have forgotten at this point. But if you go and look it up, you can see, oh, that looks a hell of a lot like an Air Jordan 1 or a Nike Dunk High today. It takes the Air Jordan 1, of course, because obviously the 
the popularity of it from a technological perspective and of course you know michael jordan loving it while he wasn't the michael jordan we knew in the 90s he was still an icon back then because he was changing the game of basketball as we knew it then and so that's obviously going to have a lot of design influences there and of course the nike legend so it took all of those and it tried to make a new shoe that was really for the different style of play that was coming about in the nba lots of pivoting lots of movement and motion and the game was evolving right before our eyes so the outsole was that of the air force one and you can kind of see it when you look at it uh, the upper was definitely a combination of the air jordan one and the terminator and the legend is really what helped form the mold of what was the nike dunk high and the Nike Dunk High released for the first time as the Be True to Your School uh, campaign. And that was actually really genius because college campuses were a great way to do marketing, especially back in the day, but they are still today, of course, with social media. But college campuses are places where large amounts of young people hang out. And who do sneakers really appeal to, especially for athletic endeavors? Well, younger people, because younger people are, of course, going to be playing sports because their bodies are younger and agile and they're not injured as often. So they went to all the different schools that they had a contract with and it's interesting because you probably will listen to some of these schools and you know that they have re-released some of these but iowa kentucky michigan georgetown st john's unlv and syracuse and what do all those schools have in common they all had really good basketball programs so the basketball players are wearing them the college kids want to wear them because they see the the basketball players wearing them it was basically marketing itself in a way that was very very ingenious but what ended up happening was as a basketball shoe, because it was right on the heels of the Air Jordan 1 and the Air Jordan line just took off when Tinker Hatfield created the Air Jordan 3, and wholly and largely the Nike Dunk became a forgotten shoe. We know that today, long gone are the days where shoes sit on shelves, especially at outlets, right? And now we expect shoes not to be there and the worst shoes ever will show up at the outlet. But back in the day, you could go to discount racks in the early 90s, mid 90s and find Nike Dunks everywhere because it was mostly a forgotten shoe. And from a basketball perspective, I can kind of understand that. But one thing that happened that took Nike a while to really tap into was the Nike Dunk became a shoe for skateboarders. And why is that? Well, most skateboarders, if you think about the greatest skateboarders of our time, you don't think about rich people, right? You think about neighborhoods where skateboarding is maybe the only thing that you have and cheapness is really what is imperative in, in, a, in a sport like that, mainly because you need to make do with what you have, with very little that you have. And so with Nike Dunk showing up on discount racks everywhere, I mean, think about those Eric Costin Air Jordan 1 lows that were a Nike SB release where he basically called them like the 2499s or something like that because he was so used to as a kid going and looking for shoes like that. They look cool and they function well on the discount rack because that's what he could afford. So a lot of skateboarders very much you know buy into that. And it took about till 1997 where Nike was trying to cater to a skateboarding group because they saw the popularity that the Nike Dunk had and they said, all right, well, let's tap into that and you know we could uh you know make a shoe or a couple of shoes that maybe will appeal to the larger masses of the snake of the skateboarding community and they did and they made three silhouettes that i'm not going to name here but basically they were so on the nose and they were so skateboarder that they were seen as like i mean cliched right as goofy hokey and skateboarders didn't like that they wanted something fashionable because when you're skating on your board you want your feet to stand out as well as the moves right so it's like a function and fashion thing happening at the same time and they don't want to be catered to right they don't want to be not catered to they don't want to be talking talked down to so to speak 
you know, don't make a shoe that is you think is what we want. Make a shoe of what we actually want, and that's the Nike Dunk. So in 1997, essentially, management changed hands, and uh, you know, some people took over and realized that there was to untap potential within the skateboarding community. And what ended up taking place was Nike started to make some samples and sharing those with skate shops. And if you think about what we go through today with skate shops getting shoes, this is kind of the start or the advent of that. And it's really, really cool to think about it because it's like, all right, Nike's like, hey, I wanna to try to create some new shoes. Let's create some samples. Let's bring them to skate shops. Let's go directly to the source and see what they think of them. And one of those prototypes was called the Nike Dunk Pro B. And that is the precursor of what we know today as the Nike SB Dunk Low. And it's really the first of its kind and it had extra padding and it had a little bit of a fatter tongue. And obviously skaters were gravitating toward these silhouettes because the extra padding, it was, was a functional thing. And it obviously had the look that they had been used to with the other Nike Dunks that had preceded them. And so now here you are with the Nike Pro B, which is catching fire and they make even more samples and start to give these samples to the skate shops. And they realize now that they have an opportunity. And Nike SB created the SB line in the early 2000s, I think it was like 2001. And when the popularity of the Nike Dunk Low started to take off, they realized that they needed to do something. They had already been including the skate shops in their, their samples to say which ones work and which ones don't, which, which ones are popular with the people you have come in here and which ones aren't. And when that takes off, they realize, you know what? There's so many different ways in which we can go with this shoe. One of the things to me that makes Nike SB Dunk stand out from all the others is the fact that so many different types of materials are put on them. And they were put on these shoes long before it ever became something that's more commonplace today. Like if you think about all the shoes that release over the course of time, every single year, right? Think about it in terms of 2021. Think about how many different types of materials have been on a shoe that you maybe haven't seen them on before. And you might think, oh, that's cool, right? And now that, that that's something that in my mind was built off of the way that Nike SB did collaborations. I mean, you could probably sit here and ask yourself, what are some of the most iconic shoe collaborations of all time? And you may end up coming up with a list of SB Dunks that is larger than the list of every other shoe combined. I mean, for every Sean Watherspoon 97 with corduroy on it, which was a really cool design, right? And it tapped into so many different things that had to do with him personally, but it was also a fire shoe. Think about all the Dunk Lows that have had so many different types of eclectic materials on them. So Nike decides that they're gonna lean into this and they start letting skate shops have a little bit more of that artistic vision. And why do I you know, bring this up here? Well, we've talked about artistic vision now. I said Virgil and Kanye each had a vision. They each had an artistic vision that they wanted to bring to the masses. In this particular case, what did Nike do? They said, we know that you have an artistic vision and we want you to be able to apply that to a shoe that we're specifically making for you. That's a really, really cool thing. The skateboarding community has largely been what has felt like an ostracized community. So for a brand as large as Nike to recognize their craft and make them I don't want to say popular, but sort of recognizing that they should have their own sect within this uh, athletic company that has given them a huge bunch of credence. And I think Nike endeared themselves to the skateboarding community, even though there's a lot of other skateboarding shoe companies that are out there. Obviously, in the in the 90s, there was a huge boom with airwalks and vans. Right. And I, I was an airwalk guy myself. There's D.C. There's a whole bunch of them. But if you're talking about it as it fits into today's sneaker market, Nike SB was the line for both fashion and com fashion, comfort, 
and performance. And nowadays you have a lot of different options if you're a skater. Now almost every single skate shoe looks cool, even the general release ones. But Nike SB went on a little bit of a low period, right? The 2010s were interesting because the Air Jordan took off, sneaker culture became what it is, and Nike SB and Nike Dunks got largely forgotten to the point that when I got into sneak the sneaker game in 2018, or reinserted myself back into it, I could get some classic Nike Dunk lows from like 2015, 2016 for barely over retail price, if you think about it, dead stock. I mean, some of the ones that stick out to me are like the Dorothy's, I love those. Never be able to find them again. The McFly's are another one. Oh man, if I could ever find a pair of McFly's that were brand new or if they ever re-released them which we'll get to uh, I, I would eat them up in a heartbeat right but there's a lot of older ones that are almost unattainable but they are so sought after and I think about that as it relates to other shoes like how many different Air Jordans are so sought after so many years after the fact like obviously there are unique Air Jordan releases. Some of the ones that come to mind, obviously the Travis Scott is one of them. Uh, the Trophy Room 5s I think about, right? And some of these other releases that are maybe one-time releases, but I'm talking about the classics. I'm really talking about the classics. And like all those Air Jordan OG colorways or the, the ones that have come out since then, cool grays, lightnings, breads, right? Fire reds, like there are fours. Like there's so many that, that come to mind. And if you think about it, what we have as an advantage is every so often Nike will re-release these and, re and retro these, so to speak, and we'll have an opportunity to pick them up. I mean, in 2018, the, the Black Cements came out again, so we were able to have a chance of picking them up when we hadn't had a chance since 2012. But think about all the classic Nike SB Dunk collaborations, the Tiffany's, all the Lobsters, right? The Reese Forbes, those are some of the ones. I would love to get a pair of those, but I'll never will. But none of those have ever retroed or re-released and they have stayed where they are in, in, in their place in history. The unattainable factor of them makes them so much more special than some of these other shoes, which we can now get if we just wait long enough. The other funny part about the retros though, is some of the more recent Jordan retros have had worse quality and materials than previous iterations of them. Isn't that sad, right? Today's world, which has so many more resources available to it than we did ever in the 1980s or even in the early 2000s, and here we are and we're not able to recreate something and make it a little bit better while still keeping the same aesthetic. And it's just, I don't know, Nike SBs to me have always stood out in that these colorways that are so iconic, but they also connect themselves to a community. Like somebody somewhere had a pair of the Dunk Low Tiffany's that were like backbreaking when they came out or the, the, the Staple Pigeons, right? These are classic, classic shoes that were hard to get even back then and people would still die to have them. A lot of people, a lot of collectors still want them. And there's so many samples that have come out of them. I mean, the guy SB Collector on IG has so many of them and he posts so many of them. And there's some that never ever released, but there's so many different great designs that have come out. And they, to me, stick out from others like the Air Jordan, mainly because the it was a little bit different, right? Right now, a lot of people are lending their artistic vision to silhouettes that already exist, but this was Nike trying to tap into what they knew was a popularity updating a shoe that they knew was getting popular with the skating community and allowing them to give Nike the vision for them, right? Empowering a community to do that. There's a powerful message there. And yes, it obviously equated to dollars for Nike, but what it did in my mind was empower what has been felt like an ostracized community. And I think skateboarders and skateboarder culture now have benefited from that to where skateboarding is not a taboo anymore. At least it isn't for me. But now fast forward to today. 
If you asked me in 2019 whether the Nike Dunk was ever going to come back in popularity, I would have said no if not for somebody getting their hands on them. And you know who got their hands on them first? It was Virgil Abloh. The Nike Dunk off-white releases that happened in December of 2019, those really were lighting the fire of Nike Dunk hype again. And then what did we find out? That Nike Dunks were making a comeback. Nike SB, almost like Willy Wonka, was like reopening their factories and allowing skate shops to have that design element to them. And here we go. We're in 2021, we're nearing the end, and Dunks are still one of the hottest shoes out there. We've seen so many great, great collaborations. Think about the Strange Love Dunks. I love those, man. The Sean Clivers that came out last Christmas, while not my personal aesthetic, they're a great looking shoe. The Strawberry Coughs that are coming out, the Skunks that came out. I mean, I love the Turducken ones too. Those were awesome. Uh, Concepts has lent their, that lend their design ear with the baseball ones. I mean, there's just been so many great Dunks that have come out and the skateboarding community is back. But the other part of it too, I said that Nike Dunks have had a two-way street as far as their history. Well, those non-SB Dunks are the ones that have stood out from a non-skateboarding perspective, right? The basketball side of it. And they still are carrying that history of the original Nike Dunk, which is not related to skateboarding, but it's related to something that was supposed to be uh, a, a fashionable yet functional shoe for basketball and it just never hit it out that way. So it's bringing it all back home. Nike is able to leverage off of both the skateboarding history and the original history of everything that went into the Nike Dunk to give us both avenues. And right now they are the hottest shoe on the market by far and they're gonna continue to be. And you know what, rightfully so. I mean, in today's world where everybody's looking to get everything, uh, anything that is seen as generally hot is going to go, and general release dunks are that way. All those be true to your school colorways are releasing in lows or highs in some fashion, and it's really cool. I mean, those general releases should, but the, the ones that are special, the ones that should be left in the vault are not. And there is something to be said about that, and it shows me that Nike thinks that the history of the SB Dunk is sacred. And one of the cool things that Nike SB Dunk did, or Nike SB did, is the boxes. The boxes signify different eras in the history of Nike Nike SB. And one of the great things about that as it relates to Dunks is the fact that they're not re-releasing those colorways and those boxes will never be seen again. So when you see one, it brings you back to a time. It's a nostalgia factor for a lot of sneakerheads. I love that. Because again, when you can retro a Jordan and it make it look exactly the way that it did in the 1980s or 1990s, it's cool, but it's not the same thing as what was originally made. And when you know, when you see a pink box, you know where that came from. You know what era that that stands out as. The Stussy Cherry is another great one. You don't see those on feet very often anymore unless they're reps. And again, no hate if you wear them, but they're just, they're different. And the, the boxes, all of it lends itself to a great vision that in reverse, right? The shoe wasn't given to Virgil Abloh to design. The shoe was given to a whole community, right? And it hadn't been established yet. Help us make this something that works with your community. Whereas Virgil, Travis, Kanye, they were letting themselves, or Kanye is a little bit different because Kanye was making his own silhouettes basically, but Virgil, he's taking something that already existed and adding an artistic vision that is different than Travis's. The goal is different, but it was something that was already made, right? He's leveraging off the dunk. The skateboarding community was given something that was like, hey, this is what we think is gonna work for you based off of what you've told us about the old one. 
Now help us make it something special. And they did, and I love it. If if I could get my hands on every one of the cool Nike Dunk Lows, I would. I absolutely love them. I love SB Dunks. They are so comfortable, they're versatile, and they're my favorite silhouette of all time. And this is why I think it fits into this puzzle. And this is putting it all together. The sneaker market, the sneaker game, sneaker culture, it's all built off of these things. And I think it's important for us to go together through this journey and piece all this together. And you know what? I have no idea what the destination is, but I've had a great time searching the, the sneaker history. Who knows it's on tap, but just know that it's always gonna be hot and it's always gonna be heat. And I'm just here to educate and talk about love for sneakers because I love, I love them still. And there's so many people that do. And whether you can get your hands on them or not, we should still be loving them for what we love them for, no matter what reason that that is. Always remember, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you should have on your feet, it's what makes you feel good. And if you if you come at it from that perspective and wear it with confidence, no matter what it is, you will be winning no matter where you are. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Are you a Nike Dunk fan? Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, the website. You know, Just let me know what your favorites are. If you love the SBs, if you love the regulars, what are the favorite ones that you like? Are there any go-tos? Uh, I love to hear it. Love to see some pictures. Always looking to connect. So make sure that you do that. Of course, uh, stay safe, everybody. Please hug your loved ones. It's important. We don't get a lot of time. It's dwindling time. We need to take advantage of it every second that we can get. And I will talk to you all next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Matty Ice Media does not condone the purchase or sale of any counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.